Hello and welcome to the 182nd episode of The Sausage Factory, which is brought to you by Spong.com and hosted by me, Chris O'Regan. In this show, we interview video game developers and ask them how they made their start making games, what their influences are and who inspires them. Split into two halves, the show initially focuses on the developers themselves, and the second half we discuss the game they're here to promote, which in this case is Vermintide 2 by Fat Shark Games. Victor. Yes. Who are you and what do you do? So my name is Victor Magnusson. I'm a game designer and producer at Fat Shark, uh, mainly a game designer. Um, and I worked on Vermintide 2, mainly with the levels and the, the world. Yeah, you did indeed. Now, just for, you know, transparency, everyone, we had a technical difficulty last time. <laughs> this is the second time we've done this interview, so yeah. if we find ourselves rushing a little bit, we're not. We'll, we'll reel it in. But the problem we've had, and it's been most aggravating, uh, is that the recording software we use failed and only recorded me and not Victor. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, we we're going to try to keep it real. We're, we are going to try and, try and keep it real. Um, of course we are. Why wouldn't we? And it does give, you know, the benefits is it gives me a chance to talk to Victor again. Yay. And the Yay. second part, you already went, went through these questions, the design questions before, so we can probably expand a little bit more on those and uh, think about, because well, we, we, we sort of meandered a little bit, which is perfect. But yep. now we can sort of tie up the answers and get even more flesh out of that. So, second question. Um, how did you make us start making video games? Yeah, so um, it was about... I've been working at Fat Shark for nine years. It's pretty much the only real gaming job I've had. Uh, before that, I went to school to study game design and uh, arts at a university called... Um, it was called Universitetet på Visby here. It's a small... It's a small town in a small island outside of Sweden right. called Gotland. Yeah. Uh, before that, I studied uh, finance in another small town called Lund. Mm. But I sort of realized pretty quickly when I, oh, not pretty quickly, it took me three years, but <laughs> I realized while studying finance that it really wasn't anything for me. Um, and a old one of my oldest friends had started studying game design uh, in Visby. And at that time, I had absolutely no idea that you could even study game design and that it was even an option. Uh, I'd never heard about it before, but I had always wanted to do games or at least work in a creative business, so I just jumped on the possibility to start studying games. I sent in an application, got in, and uh, moved over to Gotland and started studying game design and then did that for three years. And when I got back to Stockholm after doing that, I got a job at Fat Shark as a as their first QA uh, back when we were doing our first game called uh, Lead and Gold. Um, then I worked as a QA for a while, and then I became a game designer and have been there. Been that's for the last uh, eight years, maybe, but about. Um, working on most of our titles that we've done. Uh, first Lead and Gold, then we did a, a small turnover. We did some consulting work with back then, so I did. I worked. That was my first game design job. I worked for a, another Swedish studio called Easy, who did uh, free-to-play games for. Uh, Dice. So I did a free-to-play version of uh, Battlefield 2 called Play Battlefield Play for Free. So I did weapons and stuff like that in that game. So that was my first game designing job. And then I came back to Fat Shark, worked on Krater, and then uh, uh, Escape That Island, and then Vermintide and Vermintide 2. 
that's quite a history, sir. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I've just got to ask, your your transition, you took three years to mm-hmm. transition um, <laughs> from from that. Yeah. And um, it's, why, why do you think it took so long to realise that, you know, moving numbers from one column to another wasn't your thing? Yeah. Well, my... my studying finance was just sort of a sort of decision i really didn't know what to do so i figured finance is always good for something sort of um uh, and my sort of thinking was i'll study finance and then i'll get a job maybe in the games industry or the i was also interested in like the music industry and the movie industry back then uh uh, but but sort of uh, in the office sort of uh, business uh, side of everything. That was sort of my thinking. Uh, but then when I found out about this opportunity that you could actually study to become a game designer and actually make games, I just thought that was so much more fun. And and, and I really didn't enjoy sort of finance and, and business. Really, it really wasn't my thing. Uh, it, I mean, I I did yeah. it and and it was okay, but I I you know, when you're studying something that you don't like, it's a struggle. Uh, you have to sort of, it, nothing came natural to me, so it was a big change when I changed to game design, which was something that I really, I've always, I mean, I've always always loved games, and games have been my sort of number one hobby and interest all of my life. So, uh, but I just figured that it was impossible to make them. It just felt like magic to me. So. Yeah. <laughs> when when I found out that you could actually study to become that, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, it's uh, so. it's an industry. It's a thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. The stigma yeah. Uh, is gone. That's not true. It's lessened. No. It's lessened. No, but it's. I mean, but... it's it changed a lot in the last ten years, uh, or even more. Like, I mean, this is twelve years ago. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't. I mean, now there's schools everywhere, and like almost every university has a game design or something like that course and there's lots of uh, what's it called vocational schools uh, like two-year educations where you become a level designer or a game designer or a, a gameplay programmer or something like that and that didn't exist when 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 i went to school sort of or they, they existed but not in the sort of in not in the way that they do now now we have lots of schools like that in sweden and they are doing really great work and there's so many talented people coming out of those schools and back then that just didn't exist right at least i had never heard them so it was a different time uh and also like it was it was harder making games back then we didn't have uh, uh unreal engine and uh, unity and stuff like that so it was much more inaccessible sort of to start out on your on your own yeah, those engines did exist back then. Yeah, but, but not in the same were, sort of yeah. free, and uh, it's not a, not as accessible for someone that maybe as for me, especially like I can't program, so that's a, that was a big back then. If you wanted to do something, you really needed to be pretty uh, computer savvy and know what you were doing. It's only twelve years ago, people. Yeah, uh, that. it's only but it's a twelve big years difference. ago. It is a big, big difference nowadays and than what it was back then. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's great to, to bring that story. That just if you, if you think you're you're stuck in a job that you don't particularly like, or yeah. in a career that you think you know that's not going to work for me, then just um, you can make that that change. Yeah, uh, yeah it, I mean, I, it's never too late to do something else. No, and it's, it's either that or you end up you know having an episode, <laughs> <laughs> or being in a job that you don't like and sort of dragging yourself in every day, and it's not. That's never, no, it's never no, pleasant. No, it's never that's pleasant. never going to be a good thing. 
Okay, so next question. This is the nebulous one. You remember this one? Oh, yeah, sure you do. Yeah. Um, this one's great. Um, as a creator, what are your biggest influences? Oh, yeah. This is, was a tricky one, I remember. <laughs> um, I'm probably going to answer something completely different this time than I did last time as well. Um, well um, lots of things, I'd say. Um, I'm a, as I said, I'm a big fan of both movies and music, so those are two really big inspirations. Uh, I play a lot of games, and I take a lot of inspiration from other games. I think that's a it's a great way of like coming up with good ideas and tw- like like how we did Vermintide is actually like mashing two games together. It's uh, we took a bit of Diablo, and we took a bit of Left 4 Dead, and we put them together and made a new game, uh, and also a bit of. Uh, our older games, uh, um, War of the Roses and War of the Vikings, and just mashed those three together and got Vermintide out of That's it. That's happening so, a lot recently. Yeah. Um, no, but I mean, I mean, I don't want to detract from what you're saying, but this is uh, bolsters. There's a game coming out called uh, uh, On Rush, which is a uh, a mash between MotorStorm and uh, um, Overwatch. Okay, and I haven't just, heard. That. No, no, I don't want to dilute the. the, 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 the uh, Vermintide 2 message, but yeah. there's a lot of things like mashing together. Like, what if you put this and this and just mash it and see what happens? Yeah. And it's actually, uh, you know, uh, one of my a favorite sort of game designing trick that I do sometimes is like watch a gameplay video of a game that I haven't played uh, and I don't try to fully understand how everything works, but then just say, okay, that's sort of. It doesn't matter if I don't understand how some system or something works and then just figure out how I would use that and, and do it for myself. Sort of like, so this, I'm right now I'm playing God of War. And in God of War they have this, uh, there's a level in between, um, if you fast travel, you go to a level. And basically, I, my, I don't know if this is true, but I guess that's just to hide the, the, the loading of the, wherever you're going. Uh, and... It's a circular level, so you can run around in this level. And my guess is that when it's when it's done loading, the the door opens, and then you can go through the door and you go come to wherever you're going. That might not be true, but the idea of that is still a good idea. So I can take that idea without it. Maybe I mean th- this might not at all be true for how what they actually do in that level in God of War. It might just be there because they thought it was a cool idea. It might just be there for storytelling purposes or something like that. But the idea works, so we could take that idea and use it. So I'm not uh, like taking ideas from other games without fully understanding them can be a really good way of coming up with new ideas. Uh, Sort of so. So looking at the gameplay trailer for something, and you don't you don't have to really understand exactly what's going on, but like just trying to figure out yourself what's going on and and coming up with ways solutions for that how that could work, and then working them into your own games can be a really good I- way to come up with new ideas. I think. Yeah, yeah. It's um, there's no shame in that. It's just- no, no. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's not it's not sort of stealing ideas. It's more of sort of. Uh, Looking at them and then so I, I sort of try to misunderstand them and come up with my own idea of how I would solve the same problems. So, I mean, that could be really good inspiration. Okay, okay. 
but otherwise, like what my answer was last time, I think, was in the shower. And that's actually yes. where I come up with most of my ideas. In the shower or when I can't sleep at night. And or when I'm putting my kids to sleep. That's, that's where, right. I, where I do my best thinking. Yeah, and we... we uh... We delved into the realms of, um, well, it was delved into the realms of like all developers should have a shower. A shower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should have just shower stalls yeah. in the studio because everybody could come up with really good ideas. Yeah, but I think I think any time where you can uh, be alone for a short while and don't really have anything else to think about and can't do anything else, so in the shower you can't really do anything else apart from thinking and. Like lying in your bed, unable to sleep, is I don't recommend it because it it's, can be really frustrating. Because if you start thinking about game design problems and stuff like that, you will definitely not fall asleep. But it can be, I mean, that's when a lot of where a lot of the ideas comes from. I would. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so next question then is who do you most, which developer do you most admire in the industry, and why? Oh yeah. yeah. And that is also, I, I think it's, um, like I said last time, it, it's really different depending on, uh, I, I admire a lot of developers for what they do, and uh, they can be different reasons. Like, I, I really admire Naughty Dog for what they do, because everything they do is so sort of meticulously done and perfect. Uh, and they are so good at telling like stories and doing it in a way that feels... Uh, like the closest video games comes to watching a movie, like sort of, but you're playing it, and it's it, it, but then the, like The Last of Us was is probably the best story in a video game that I've played that really sort of really hit home and really affected me. Uh, so I really admire them for what all their work that they do there. Um, but also I I really admire like Blizzard how. Every time, whatever genre they go into, they excel every time and do such amazing work. If, if it's strategy games or like um, um, RTSs or uh, uh, MMOs or now like um, card games or first-person shooters, like every time they just knock it out of the park and that's really impressive. And like if you look at Overwatch... All of the animations, there's so many small details and stuff like that, which is just fantastic. And it looks like a Pixar movie made into a game, which is fantastic. Um, but then also, like, um, the classics, like uh, Sid Meier, uh, uh, like um, Civilization, stuff like that. More more sort of pure game design-y stuff is also, I really admire. And also, like... Um, Tim Schafer is a guy that I mean. I'm a, growing up, I think my, my one of my absolute favorite games was uh, Grim Fandango, and even the his... motorbike bit. No, no, that's not that's uh, oh, full sorry, throttle. That's full but throttle. full throttle was good as well. But Grim Fandango, yes. I just, I think his pinnacle of greatness. I, I just love. I remember the bit of the forest where you took him going in and out, and then you go into another exit, and then it was kind of a pain in the bum. But yeah, yeah, great. I mean. I... It's they very, were, funny. They, they made no sense, but just sort of the stories and just uh, they were really funny and stuff like that. And, yeah. So it, it really did. I, I take, I think there's so many talented people out there. And right now I'm playing God of War and yeah, they are amazing as well. Which, which so, yeah, which does lead me on to my next question. 
mm-hmm. which is what are you playing right now? So obviously, yeah, and last time to... I didn't have an answer because I no, actually wasn't playing, but wasn't now playing. I am. You do, yes. It, yes. It's, it's a dad of war. Dad of war, yeah. <laughs> it is very much dad of war, uh, and I'm really enjoying it. I'm super hooked on it. Uh, um, I think it's. It's so. I mean, they, they, they are. I'd say that they are very close to the same type of uh, um, fidelity or I mean, like tightness as uh, um, Naughty Dog, where everything is just so damn well made that it's almost depressing. <laughs> uh, there's so, and and I think it's really cool that they have. Uh, I, it makes me really happy because I used to like the old God of Wars games really much as well but i felt that they sort of uh oh it's just more of the same it's 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 another god of war and a god of war i think i think they really nailed it with god of war 2 and then after that it just became a little bit repetitive so i i really enjoy that they've taken what is god of war and made it into a completely new experience which is much more sort of story driven and more of a exploration and stuff like that and i and they are really really good at um using game mechanics and reusing them in really interesting ways and really inventive ways and like having one puzzle mechanic and then using it again and again and again but in different ways and keeping it fresh and keeping it interesting over and over and over again and which is something that is really impressive and really really hard to do uh and also, I'm I'm sort of shocked about the, the all the there's so much um, different loot and different uh, um, uh, abilities and different talents, and they all really impact the gameplay. It's not just like, and almost every loot piece has like an, a a a mechanic tied to it where it changes your combat style completely or at least significantly. And doing that is insanely hard. <laughs> I know because yeah, we've, yeah. we've been trying to do the same yeah, thing, is, yeah. and that is really impressive. That it, the, the, and I, the, I still haven't found the. I mean, it, there's new stuff coming up every time I get a new piece of uh, loot, which is, I don't know, it's really impressive. So the sheer hats amount of off content, the sheer amount of content, you just got to marvel, haven't you? Really? I, I know they worked on it for five years, but still, it's really impressive and everything it just looks fantastic and plays fantastic and the animations are insane and yeah it's a it's yeah it's very impressive yeah um i must confess i've yet to delve into it because i have a massive pile of shame uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh so I, I control myself yep. and uh, i know it's going to be out in like the mega collection something or yeah, yeah, know, yeah that's, that's what they do isn't it so yep. um so Yes, yes, excellent stuff. It's a, a, a triumph for Sony. Yeah, another, uh, it really yeah, is. Another really excellent is. exclusive title. There was a, mm-hmm. a thing that IGN put out, then deleted because they had a spasm. But they said, you know, this is the um, comparison between the uh, PS4, PC, uh, Xbox One, and uh, um, uh, Switch version of God of War. So they just had PS4 version of God of War, and then everything else is just black. yeah (laughs) well yeah (laughs) it's like yeah that's that's absolutely true everything else is just now black yeah because and um oddly enough you know that the editor said oh i must apologize we we didn't mean that well no it's a good it was a good joke it was a good joke 
Yeah. What, what are you apologising for? But you know, this, in this world of uh, being, being a little oversensitive, um, I think you know. something else that is really impressive with with God of War is, I mean, it's such a established franchise, and there's so many things that are. Like, if you would have asked me to make a God of War game, I would think, yeah, we have to have this. It has to be like this. It has to be, the camera should be like this. Stuff like that. That's probably everybody's first thought. And they've just said, no, it's it's going to be like this. It's going to be completely different. It's going to work like this. It's going to be set in a completely different... I mean, it's still the same game, but it's there's a lot of um, substantial, like... They've, they've done some really hard choices and I mean it must have been a really hard challenge to yeah. sell to to yeah. whoever's gonna I, I what, do, what, you're, you're not gonna do yeah. like that but no, we're not yeah. that. we're it's not just, doing that which is not PS2 no. is gone it's past why are we yeah. no one wants to see that again um, yeah. and I think you know I did read somewhere that uh, a, critic, a critic was complaining that this game was getting almost universal praise and I'm, yeah. I'm thinking to myself well, a poop sandwich is still a poop sandwich. Yeah, okay. and a good so, game is still a good game. What What do you yeah. want? What What do you What? And I, I don't I, understand. I, it's just very strange. Like, I wanted to. It is probably going to get so the classic sort of. It got so many good reviews that it's going to get the backlash where everybody. It's sort of popular to think that it's bad. Yes, uh, and that's, that's just tragic. And it's human yeah. nature, and you know, I was listening to another podcast recently. Actually, the Computer Game Show, which is a. Uh, a stablemate of uh, of Spong's, and uh, there was a, a Don Denton ranting about uh, how people don't understand that um, Kratos is angry for good reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you know his backstory, he's very angry for completely reasonable reasons. <laughs> yeah. And um, I mean, the reason he's white is that they're the ashes of his now dead family. Exactly. That's, that would probably piss you off. That pretty would bad. really annoy you. <laughs> yeah. Just a smidgen. No amount of therapy is going to break that, you know. No. So, and he's also a god of war, so yes. he doesn't he know any better. Yeah. So he's he's a personification of rage. Yeah. What is your problem? I was okay, right. one note. That's yeah. the point. Yeah, that's the whole point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I have a bad cough. Oh dear. <clears throat> so. Yeah. Excellent. Much yes. more verbose answer from last time. <laughs> yeah, so definitely. everyone, you didn't miss last much. Last time I was like, hey, I'm not playing I'm anything. I'm not really playing anything. Let's just try and dig some iPhone finds. Oh, I've got threes. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it delved into that realm, I'm afraid, everyone. Yeah. But see, look, take two, you get a better answer. It gets better, I'm yeah. not going to do this regularly. No, I have to do <laughs> And Victor's been fantastic with a great sport and allowed me to uh, uh, delve into his brain for the second time. But uh, that's the end of the first half. Well done. Thank yep. you very much. You made it. Sorry. Second time. Same. Second time. See, look, it's like a replay now. It's like it's like a roguelike. I'm not sure what we keep giving you at the beginning of every game. Every... Oh, that's <laughs> right. You, you then go off and play God of War and got a better answer for number five. See, it works. Yep. Um, so you know what this is, number zero for the first section. We're going to delve. Um, so we have second half, we are going to delve deep into Vermintide 2, as you always want, because... This is what you come here for, everyone. You listen to the first half and get to know, you know, Victor. Now we're going to delve into the game he's made.
is indeed Vermintide 2. So tell us, what is Vermintide 2? So Vermintide 2 in its most basic form is a uh, first-person four-player co-op game in the vein of uh, Left 4 Dead, I'd say, and we're not ashamed of saying that, uh, combined with melee combat. So we have a very heavy focus on melee combat. Uh, I'd say it's pretty much 50-50 melee versus ranged combat. And also we have a significant loot and progression system. So you, you level up, you get talent points. We have different classes and different careers for those classes. And then you get new weapons. We have a large amount of weapons, uh, more than 50. I don't even know how many we have, but some somewhere around 50 plus. Um, like at, at least 10 per character. And you can get different sort of uh, uh, versions of those weapons with more stats and stuff like that. And then you go in and you play levels to get more loot and more cool stuff. We didn't delve into that last time, did we? I don't know. Maybe yeah, not. Yeah, we did it towards the, did it towards the end. Hmm? Um, we sort of talked about how there's a lot of there's a lot of depth. You don't just go in and lay into the, the vermin. Or, no, no, because uh, um, that that'll just end in tears anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, for everyone involved, but um, no, it's um, yeah. We'll, we'll come on to that later, I think, because it's more about. You're right, you do get rewarded um, in multiple ways and you can actually change the way in which you play the character completely based yeah. on the equipment they have. So, yeah, yeah. The, the, the play style of each... I mean, the, each uh, character has a little bit of a different play style and then each career of that character, each character, or each character has three different careers. They all differ the play style as well because they have different... Uh, pros and cons and buffs and stuff like that and they have their own talent tree which you where you can sort of uh decide on how you want to play that uh, specific career as well and then each weapon also adds upon that because each weapon has different attack patterns and different they're good and bad different things so there's really a lot a lot a lot of stuff to it's not like you pick up the first weapon and then that's how you play the game it's Dependent on which character, which weapon you choose, which talent you've choose, chosen, and stuff like that. So there's lots of, really a lot of stuff to dive into and a lot of stuff to explore and test and, and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. And it, yeah, and uh, it still uh, emboldens the players to work together very Yes, tightly. very much so. Yep. Uh, and there's definitely, um, you know, whereas Left 4 Dead was Watch Those Corners, mm-hmm. my, that was my, uh, my uh, rant. Let's keep moving, watch those corners, short control bursts. Yeah. That's how you played that game, for the most part. Not, it didn't always work. But, uh, and then this, uh, in Vermintide 2, is very much um, uh, know what everyone can do and know where, like, okay, they're the tank, they can absorb lots of damage and we can just sort of pick them off as, as, he, as he gets all the aggro. That works mm-hmm. to a point, but they're not always. Yeah, but it's yeah. more... It, and I mean, if we have the same sort of emphasis as Left 4 Dead on cooperative play, and if you try to play it alone, you will fail. Uh, yes. uh, and we have the same sort of enemies that um, they they uh, uh, don't even they, they don't only like um, encourage you to uh, play cooperative. They they actually force you to play cooperative because some of them you can't take care of yourself. So, uh, yeah. and this is indeed our second question, which we'll yeah. just do it now. I mean, the teamwork is fundamental to Vermintide 2. It really is. 
yeah. you can't have the lone shark because they'll just they'll 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 drag everyone else down with them. Um, but what other kind of things did you put in place to encourage players to understand that they are not alone in this? <laughs> well, we, we actually have a sort of a, a, it's a little bit of a malicious system. But if if you run away alone ahead of your uh, friends. We actually send some specials at you and try to kill you, so it's not a good idea. But that, that's sort of—it's not supposed to—that's that, not supposed to be obvious, but it—it it, it is there. Um, but I mean, we have <clears throat> there's the there's the the sort of special enemies, and they are very much designed to be uh, a cooperative uh, challenge. Either. Uh, a challenge where you have to stick close together because if you get jumped by one of them, you can't take care of yourself. So like the gutter runner, if you get jumped by the gutter runner, you can't do anything. So one of your friends have to come up and help you. Uh, but then we have cooperative challenges that are designed to sort of spread you out and uh, and make sure that you do not are not able to stick together, which are uh, like the... Uh, um, Area denial, so the global runner, uh, no, the global year, and the ratting gunner, and and uh, um, uh, in this game we have uh, also what's it called, the bloodstormer, uh, which summons a a magical whirlwind, which will, if you're grouped up, all of you will get picked up and thrown away. Uh, so those are sort of a cooperative challenge in a anti way sort of it it forces you to you can't so just stand on top of each other you have to be aware of your surroundings and and uh, and spread out and then come back together again which is sort of really hard but then we also have <clears throat> trying to think of what i answered last time <laughs> but, <laughs> no, no, I mean, it just don't let it flow uh, it, 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 it didn't happen as far as listeners concerned no, no, for no you exactly. and i but okay. yeah, it didn't happen for them. But um, yeah, uh, but then, just, uh, yeah. But there are also like challenges in the levels themselves. Mm-hmm. Like we have the, the the simplest cooperative uh, challenge we have is just the drop, which is every let's say every hundred meters or so in a level there will be a drop, and you can't go back again from that drop. And if you jump down first and your friends aren't with you you will most likely die. And if you all of your friends jump down and you are standing up on the drop uh, and they get jumped, your friends can't help you. So that's it's the absolute simplest, but it's one of the absolute most effective cooperative challenges we have in the game. And it also it, it serves a lot of purposes. It serves the, the sort of, okay, everybody needs to communicate. So, okay, here's the drop. Wait, like, look, is everybody coming? Yeah, they're coming. Okay, I'm going to, you sort of move towards the drop to say that I'm going to jump down. Or if you have, speak, if you have like uh, a voice, you can say, okay, I'm going to jump. And then everybody needs to jump together. But it's also a really effective tool to tell players that they're going the right way. Because yes. if yes. you come to a drop and you can't go back, you know, okay, this was the right way. And it's also, it also, um, yeah, it really tells you you're going the right way. This is where we're going. Uh, it, it serves as like a sort of a checkpoint system, uh, sort of a really soft checkpoint system. So it's one of our, it's one of the simplest things that we do, but it's also one of the most effective ones for uh, lots of reasons. Okay, okay. Um, so let's go back to the first question then, because you've already yeah. dropped down to two. We've just messed the order up. Uh, with the introduction of Chaos Faction, there is a deep sense of greater danger to the players as they wade their through wade their way through each level how yeah. has this impacted the design of the scenarios so just for your listeners uh, the key change 
between uh, Vermintide and Vermintide 2 is the introduction of Chaos. The first game only had, um, I say only, uh, had Skaven, but now there's the, uh, the Chaos to deal with as well. So mm-hmm. tell, tell us how has that really changed the game up? Yeah, so, so Vermintide had only Skaven, and Skaven are notoriously... I mean, they, their power comes from sheer numbers. They, they can breed infinite amounts of, uh, of uh, um, enemies or units or whatever you would call them. Um, so, so they are pretty squishy and they are pretty easily pushed around and you are, you are the strong uh, bad guy here. So you don't really have to be afraid of them. And, and that was sort of how we built the first game was like you come in and you kill thousands and thousands of rats and feel like a really big badass but now, now we introduce the chaos uh, faction and more specifically the nurgle chaos faction and they are a lot more badass than you are uh, so we had to really which was this was a really big challenge because a lot of the satisfaction of the first game was having a two-handed hammer walking up to five skaven and just hitting them and they all flew away like 20 meters away and you felt like yeah I'm I'm a badass uh, warrior guy here, and now we had to sort of change that, and we had to, but we still needed to keep the that sense of uh, uh, gratification of uh, hitting people and stuff like that. But but they are they are a lot stronger. They will take a lot more uh, beating. There's not as many of them, uh, and they are a lot scarier. And and like the one of the most classic. Um, Units in the Chaos uh, Army is the Chaos Warrior, uh, and he's completely clad in an armor. He, you have to have uh, some weapons or some attacks on some weapons that do armor penetrating damage to them. So they are, re- they are sort of a really cooperative challenge to take care of. Uh, usually, like you, you don't want to fight these guys alone. You want to be two of you, so one of you can sort of dodge his attacks while while your friend stabs him in the back and stuff like that. And and they are. A lot more scarier, and I mean, the game has become more of a like the first game was a slaughter fest more, and this is a lot scarier. You sort of you, you feel a lot more intimidated by the the chaos because they well, they are big and they are mean and they are really pissed off and they are <laughs> running towards you and really menacing. So it changed the game quite a bit, and something that we were able to do in in two, which is when we have these really big, scary, obviously really dangerous and, and really evil enemy, we could do uh, something that we sort of struggled with in the first game, where we almost all of the levels in the first game was set at night, or at least in darkness. And in the second game now, we are many of the levels are set during daytime in full bright sun, uh, but the addition of the Chaos faction really lets us to keep it grim dark and scary and dangerous still even though it's a bright sunny day and you're walking in the field because wherever chaos goes they leave a trail of dead mutilated people and it's just sort of uh, it's um it's the chainsaw massacre uh, feeling and stuff like that so that was really cool uh, and something that i think felt really fresh for the the second game and allowed us to be more varied in the different locations that we could go to and stuff like that which is awesome yeah, um, I mean, you mentioned the art design. I think it's uh, worthwhile us actually delving into that a bit now because the art design uh, of Warhammer uh, describes a rather distorted version of our own world. People mm-hmm. have a glance at it and they think, oh, it's just 
you know, talking like no, no, <coughs> not, not really. Um, no. This is the everything's slightly off. Buildings, everything is very off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. Every everything is completely off. It's, it's. I mean, uh, the cities are built by maniacs and. Yeah. And then, they, so are, the they are the, probably the worst carpenters in the world. Yeah. And everything is insanely dangerous as well. So, uh, like, you can't live outside. You have to have a big, big wall and you have to have guards. Otherwise, you will be murdered at night. So, and that it doesn't matter where you live and who you are or whatever. So, uh, that's really in, in for me, like, uh, that's something. So, you have all these cities have huge. Uh, uh, like walls and they are really barricaded in and even a small farm needs to have a like a substantial sort of fortification around it or they will be murdered at night so that is something that is really special with like warhammer fantasy and warhammer lore uh, like it's it's not a really nice place and nobody's uh, there's no nice guys in in warhammer all of the factions are pretty much just assholes and evil in their own way like the um, we have a, a wood elf, and like the classic wood elf is that they're sort of beautiful and yes, clean and very pristine, prancing through the forest. Yes. She is a she's a sort of psychopathic murderer, and she's really unfriendly, and she's not at all sort of this beauty queen. She's just she's she's probably the most dangerous and malicious of the whole group and stuff like that. So it's a, it's. It's pretty different from the classic sort of uh, fantasy tropes where you sort of, oh yeah, it's an elf. She's gonna be uh, sort of feline and beautiful and stuff like that. No, it's completely. She's sort of. You really don't want to meet an elf because they will murder you. Like the first yeah. thing they do, because yeah. they think you're just, uh, you're a. Um, if you're a human, that is, so you're just a, you're so stupid. You live for just a like who cares? It doesn't matter if you live or die. You're completely meaningless and stuff like that. And and like the, the dwarves, they they uh, they also think that everything that humans do is just crap. All their weapons are useless. Uh, everything is just, so it's it's pretty different from from other uh, fantasy um, things. But but they have all the same things. Like they have orcs, they have dwarves, they have uh, elves and stuff like that. But they all they, everything is sort of twisted and distorted or tilted in a in a way that is really interesting and really cool. Doesn't film quite right at all, does it? It's uh No, no. It's quite and uh, and that's really I mean your your expression in the in the game itself in Vermintide 2 that's been uh quite fun. You've had a lot of fun with that, haven't you? Because you could actually change physics to to allow this strange stuff to happen in the game. Yes. I'm not exactly sure how, how what you well, mean. Well, in that, um, you know, things appearing from the ground or leaping up at great heights. Oh, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're just doing very strange things that, and they're like, wait, that doesn't make a lot of noise. Because... <laughs> no, but it doesn't really matter, well, <laughs> does it? No, because welcome yeah. to Warhammer. Exactly. You know, orcs are That's... very big and very, very angry, as, yeah. opposed to, as opposed to just being big and angry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it's just, I find... You, you've had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. A, it's it is a really fun, and there's so much stuff uh, to take from, which is fantastic. I mean, working with a, a IP like this is like a smorgasbord of things to just choose and pick from. There, there's any idea you have, there is a 
something that you can use for that idea because they've sort of they've been working on this for so long they've been doing so many both like um role-playing games which we are we are mostly uh based on the fantasy role-playing version of warhammer um but also, of course, the tabletop versions and and, and uh, everything else, the books and stuff like that. But uh, I mean, there there, there is a, if you have a, a gameplay idea, player idea, there is a unit that will fit that idea definitely because it's it's been around for so long and there's so much stuff to take from that it's it's a uh, it's really easy and a lot of fun to work with. I mean, easy is probably the wrong word, but it's 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 um, gratifying, I'd say. That's the word. That's the yeah. word, and it's it's also quite funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. They has yeah. a lot of humor. Yeah. yeah, I mean, our game is actually. I mean, it's a, the, it's really grim, dark, and it's really a nasty world. And the the the, the characters are sort of uh, not the nicest bunch you've ever met. But it's all they are. Uh, there's a lot of humor there as well. They they say a lot of really funny stuff, and they have a really funny personalities like Victor Salzbier the. The witch hunter, witch hunter is, I mean, he's basically like some kind of Nazi Gestapo yeah. character. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and in the start of Vermintide, he's, he's actually captured the, the Bright Wizard, uh, Sienna, and is taking her back to, to Altdorf to have her um, 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 hanged or, or killed or in jail. I, I'm not exactly sure what the plan was. But, I mean, and, and then they end up in, in, in the Uber Strike in the first game and sort of, okay, fuck it, everybody's dead, we need to work together and you are pretty good at killing things so <laughs> let's set you free. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But then they have this really nice um, dynamic in between them where they sort of pick on each other and uh, make fun of each other and stuff like that. So it, there's a lot of humor to it as well, uh, which is something that I really like and it makes the game a lot of fun to play and there's so much dialogue and stuff that even I who have played it for I don't know how much I still find new things here and there every time I play it, which that's, is awesome. that's, that's great. That's great. Yeah. That's, what you, that's what you want in a game, especially one yeah. like this. And you, you, like I said, you've almost got a limitless supply of uh, new material because yeah. of all the decades that the Warhammer's been in existence. Yeah, it's insane. There's mm. so much. <laughs> yeah. So uh, last question, again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> last question again. Uh, the direction of threat. Can come from any yep. position to the players. Mm-hmm. How do you believe you're communicating this to the player while not giving too much away? Uh, and uh, I think my answer will be the same as last time. Actually, um, mm-hmm. the, the 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 main thing that we use is sound because yes. um, we we have a really good sound team and we uh, and we so we use sound, but not only like. Not only stingers and and sound like that, um, like like uh, uh, maybe a, a enemy screaming or something like that. Or we do that as well. But we also use the characters will tell the other characters what's going on, and that makes it really. It's a really nice trick to use, to, and that makes it feel really natural because it doesn't feel contrived when. One of the other characters just says, "Oh, dwarf behind you," and stuff like that, because it, they would say that naturally, and 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 it, and it works really well, and it's really effective. And they can also tell you about other stuff in the in in the world, like there's a potion over here, or there's a, you need to go heal, and you um, stop hitting them in the like he's armored, hit him in the head, and stuff like that. So it's a really really good 
it's probably the best tutorial system that we can have is just the characters telling each other how they should play the game and what they should look out for and stuff like that. So that's that's a really good trick that we use a lot, and uh, it's super effective actually. Yeah, it's a, the yelling of pills here. Yeah, will will be you know from you know Left 4 Dead. As, yeah, but they but, can also yeah. tell you like really um, difficult mechanics that are really hard to. Uh, tutorialize like right. uh hit him in the head or uh mm-hmm. use your uh, use your uh, shield damn it or block uh, you should block his attacks and stuff like that yeah. and re- yeah. keep you reminded of it in a very natural way instead of us popping up uh, like a, a a text on the screen saying you should green, block or, yeah, or, <laughs> green, or green arrow going hit exactly. this yeah exactly. I mean, it's just like what is this like well you know we have to do something <laughs> And then one of them is like we have um, one of the uh, boss or uh, mini boss uh, enemies is the chaos spawn, and he will is this huge um, tentacle demon monster. It's it's actually uh, one of the chaos warriors or something like that that has become too much too too devoted to Nurgle and has been blessed too much and become just this tentacle freak. And he can pick up one of the um, characters and start shooting. Both he starts chewing on them, and he can also use them as a weapon. But um, when he chews on, on uh, one of the characters, he will actually start healing. And the other characters can say, oh, he's, use, he's chewing on him, and I think he's getting some health back. Mm. And that's a really nice way of telling the players that, oh, okay, that's what's going on. Okay, we need to hit him and stuff like that. So yeah. It's, yeah. it's super effective. Yeah, And also terrifying when you encounter that. Thing. Very much so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Many times our friends will yell, Tentacle porn? Oh, no, no, not him. That's what we call him, you see. Uh, so, um, well, that's it. Yeah. Again. It worked um, again. Yeah, yeah, it's great work. It's great. So yeah. you've been a great guest. Vermintide 2 is out uh, yeah. and uh, on Windows PC presently. Yeah, Steam. Yeah, yeah, and uh, selling like hotcakes. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You priced it just right. Yes, and I think you should just leave it there. Yeah. I, went, I went to a talk at PAX and uh, they said the best thing you can do, if you don't want to have the race to the bottom like so many people are, just mm-hmm. say, we're going to price it at that. Okay, what about sales? No, there's no, no, that's it. If you want to play this game, you've got to pay that. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that's what happened. <laughs> Look at Factorio. That game has always been that yeah. price. I'm like, yep. It is? Okay. Yeah. Like, they never you no, done a sale? Never, no? never put it on a sale. So, and that's that's what they do. It's like, yeah, we're not doing that, you know. Even though Steam go, would you like to? Like, no, yeah. we're doing just fine because the game sells itself. You yeah. know, it's like any medium actually; it should sell itself. You know, that's the point. We 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 do talk about it here, and we you know, we're part of the promotion service. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, it should sell itself. Yeah, you're just you're just hoisting the flag, going, this exists. Awesome. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, but yeah. We, we need we need to make people aware that we exist. That's yeah, that's what we, that's need what we certainly do. because yeah. it's it's a, it's a jungle out there. There's a um, lot of games. Yeah, <laughs> look at Steam page and like, yeah. oh boy, you know. And there's uh, like a thousand new titles every month of what it is. I remember there used to only be a two or three, and it was yeah. a celebration. Like, yeah. oh, that's, that's look at that. That looks good. Now it's just I can't, I can't. Yeah, <laughs> I just can't. So anyway, this is what we're here to help out with. Victor's been great having you on again. Uh, thank you, Chris. <laughs> uh, you're more than welcome to come back on the show. 
This yep. time with a different game, uh, yep. and to chat about whatever that is. I'm sure you're having, you're not having a rest because I know you're working on all sorts of new content and streamlining the game and tweaking it and fixing things where you think yep. where you think you need fixing because exactly. you know, communities can be a bit uh, a double-edged sword. They can say, "Well, we wanted to go this way. It's like, that's nice, but that's not the overall design of the game, is it?" But thanks. No, but we are, yeah. we are. I mean, we we did the same with the first game. We we're gonna be supporting this this for a long time, and yeah, they've, um, got, a, they've got a long tail because of. Yeah. Uh, uh, and that's not a pun for Skaven, but it does. The <laughs> game does have a very long tail uh, because of its nature, because of its multiplayer nature, yeah. and the fact that it is uh, definitely a case of why didn't you do the thing? I mean, it does sometimes. Some of the encounters I have flashbacks of particularly bad dungeon crawls, and and wow, you know, it's like. Mm. Why aren't you healing? Oh, <laughs> I, I was I was getting a cup of tea. What? <laughs> you said we're going to take the boss on. Yeah. <laughs> well, I need a cup of tea. I've had that, so yeah. you know uh, it doesn't really happen in Vermintide because the the speed of the game doesn't. Yeah, you have to. You have yeah. to. There's no 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 tea time. There's no tea time. No. 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 But um, yeah, and you had a good showing at Res, by the way. I did see. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Were, uh, yeah. Did you watch the the uh, presentation by Patrick? I uh, or, yeah, uh, I I saw it as well on Twitch, and that was it was really interesting. He did a really good job. He did, he did yeah. actually mention Texas Chainsaw Massacre during, yeah, exactly. during the presentation. Yeah, but it, it was a main inspiration for the level uh, against the grain uh, yeah. and and others as well. But but especially against the grain, with that sort of yellow uh, farmland, uh, scary lighting thing, which is really cool. Yeah. yeah, scary in 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 broad daylight. Yeah, <laughs> which can be done and has been done. Yeah, as okay. we've learned to do. So on that on that note, thank you very much, Victor. Thank you. And so ends another episode of the Sausage Factory. Do leave us an iTunes review, and you can also don't forget listen to us on Stitcher dot com. So just go to Stitcher dot com, and you can stream the show from there. You just look up the Sausage Factory, and you can find us. That'd be great. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris O'Regan, no apostrophes. And uh, if you want to email me any feedback on the show, or actually you're a developer, you listen to the show, and want your game featured on it, please do email me at chris at spong.com. Also, don't forget to check out the Computer Game Show, which is the stablemate podcast, shall we say, of spong.com. Bye!